Michael's adjustment uh, with Dave leaving. Sorry about the size difference there. So as Dave said, uh, my name is Peter Ruth. Uh, I'm an attorney at Stockton Leader. Happy to say uh, I'm a partner now. So it was made effective uh, January 1. So very happy to be part of that team. Uh, but have been practicing in municipal law since I started at the firm in about 2013. Um, tonight I have the honor of presenting on the Sunshine Act. So uh, bring a little ray of sunshine into everyone's lives this evening. But uh, generally, uh, from you know, following along, I think we're on page five of the packet, um, just the introduction. So the Sunshine Act, it governs your open meetings. Uh, it also technically governs when you can have closed meetings. Um, so what that act says is that the public really has a right to be present at all meetings where uh, any type of deliberation is going on, any type of policy formation, decision making of that agency. Um, so the, the overall tenant is that secrecy in public affairs undermines the public faith in government. So what is the moral of the story then? Everything should be out in the open. The way I like to break it down, uh, and we'll go into the definitions uh, here in a second, but really it comes down to the agencies must deliberate, so agencies must deliberate and take official action on agency business in open and public meetings, okay? So what is an agency? Is it any nonprofit that's just meeting or is it limited pursuant to the Sunshine Act to specific agencies? So in this instance, they are talking about any state or local government body as well as any subunits of that governing body. So that would be um, your, you know, your board of commissioners, your board of supervisors, your borough councils. It would also be any type of commission that you would form. Planning commission is a great example. Commissions formed pursuant to your uh, intergovernmental cooperation acts. Um, where those uh, committees, authorities, task forces, or other commissions are uh, performing an essential government function and exercising authority to take official action or render advice. A great example is uh, for a planning commission. Um, possibly when you're doing your comprehensive plan, you may form a committee of property owners, of business owners or residents within the community to offer feedback to your municipality about the comprehensive plan, what you want to focus on and things like that. If that committee is formed for the purpose of rendering advice to the planning commission, who is one of those sub-agents of that governing body, there is a possibility that those meetings of that committee that's rendering that advice would have to be open to the public and would have to be advertised, okay? So keep that in mind. It does apply to the subcommittees as well. So it applies to the agencies. Those agencies must deliberate and take official action. So what is deliberation? What does that mean? Is that two or three or more of the board getting together and say, hey, what are we gonna do about that stop sign at the end of the street? What really does that consist of? And what the law tells us is that is discussion of agency business that is held for the purpose of making a decision. Um, so again, that example, that planning commission, that planning commission committee is formed for the purpose of framing a discussion about what that comp plan may look like and therefore would be required to be open to the public based on the Sunshine Act. So you have that agency, you have deliberation. What about taking official action? The law recognizes really four methods of taking official action. Um, they're listed there in, uh, in, in the book for you for the official action. One is the recommendations by an agency pursuant to statute, ordinance, or executive order. The establishment of a policy. So if your agency is going to be setting a policy, check signing policy, something along those lines, that's going to be approved, has to be, uh, that is official action, which would need to be at the public meeting. 
decisions on agency business by the agency, and a vote taken by the agency on any motion, proposal, resolution, warrant, regulation, ordinance, report, or order. So once that report is then coming in from that planning commission committee, if there is a report in the planning commission or the governing body is then gonna take action on that report to approve the report, accept the report, whatever, that would need to be at a public meeting because that would be deemed official action, okay? There is a reference in there just to point out for the definition for the conference. Um, I know if you all here may have a quorum, possibly, of some of your governing body. Rest assured, there is an exception for that as long as you all are not discussing agency business. So for you borough council members, don't discuss any matters relating to borough council. Likewise, for the supervisors and commissioners. So what is that exception? That is kind of your conference, conference exception, but really it's an educational or informational opportunity. You're not here to deliberate. You're not here to take official action. You are simply here to be educated and informed. Hopefully, that's, that's the goal. Um, but that's really the goal at the end of the day. It's not really to, to take any official action, like I said, and hopefully, not to deliberate any of those items. So those solicitors sitting around the table, just keep your ears open in case you hear that, okay? So, like I said, um, you're taking official action. What is the agency business? Any framing, preparation, making or enactment of laws, policies, or regulations. Uh, it could be the creation of liability by contract or otherwise. Adjudication of any rights, duties, or responsibilities. But keep in mind, that does not include administrative action. For example, a governing body has approved a plan or a subdivision land development plan. There does not need to be subsequent action to sign that plan as long as that was part of the approval. That would be an administrative task that is being accomplished pursuant to action already taken. So in that instance, there doesn't need to be more. It's more of an administrative task at that point. So the last part of that, again, is it has to be an open and a public meeting. What is the definition of an open and public meeting? They use the term pre-arranged gathering of an agency, which is attended or participated in by a quorum of all members of an agency, held for the purpose of deliberating agency business or taking official action. First and foremost, it requires a quorum. If you don't have a quorum, you don't have a, a meeting. So, okay, yeah, we can get around sunshine, but if you don't have a quorum, you can't take official action. So no quorum, no official action, no legally uh, binding business you can conduct at that meeting, okay? So um, just remember, the prearranged aspect of that, it doesn't mean that you guys can just, oh, look at that, we're all at the IHOP at eight o'clock, let's just kind of discuss some business really quick because we didn't prearrange to be here, it doesn't work that way. You can't skirt around the advertisement requirements for that by trying to say this was not a prearranged meeting. Should be relatively straightforward for you. So that gets into the open meetings. I'm gonna go then to uh, page six. I think it's page six, it was page six on mine, where it goes into your executive sessions. So that's gonna talk a little bit about some of the exceptions, or what I call the closed meeting. The one example I use is where you're sitting here today, you're getting information, you're getting um, you know, a little bit of education. That is okay, as long as you're not discussing uh, business. But when can you discuss agency business not in a public meeting? And that's where those are listed for you. You have personnel issues. Hiring, firing, adopting certain policies regarding those. It, and again, discussing the policies, I should clarify, not adopting them, because you can't take official action back in the executive session. Likewise, with labor negotiations, collective bargaining agreements, the discussion on those, the finalization, again, for the approval needs to be in the meeting, but to discuss that for your strategy can be in private. The purchase and leasing of real property, 
up until the time that you enter into the agreement. The agreement then has to be part of a public meeting where action is taken, but the negotiation up to that point is not. Any pending litigation, so consulting with your solicitor. Keep in mind, if you're inviting other people in, you could be waiving your right uh, basically to claim privilege as, as the attorney, so we would invite you know the other litigants in to discuss something in, uh, in uh, our executive session. That's a big no-no, because there's all sorts of privileges that can be waived by doing that, so be very careful. Uh, just to use an example, there might be alternates on some of your commissions that may, um, and, and the governing body may think it's a good idea to have those alternates included in your executive session. That can happen. Not necessarily a bad thing. Make sure there's some type of motion that would allow them to be back there, that's ratifying allowing these other individuals back there. Executive sessions, you're allowed to have people attend who would foster and further the discussion, okay, and be benefit, uh, of benefit, um, so that could be an advisor, it could be anybody along those lines, you just have to be careful whom you're inviting in, okay? Lastly, anything privileged or confidential, so if there was something that is uh, protected by law or statute, that would not need to be disclosed. When can you hold executive sessions? Many times, governing bodies do it before their meeting. So a lot of times you'll hear them open up the public portion of the meeting, they'll say, um, you know, welcome, they'll do the introduction, the prayer, the pledge, and then they'll stand and say, we had an executive session prior to this meeting to discuss the following issues. You always have to disclose, excuse me, what the purpose of that executive session was. Um, you can do it during the meeting. So in the meeting, you could recess and go back into executive session. You could ask the public to leave the, you know, the public portion and then have your executive session you can do it at the conclusion of the meeting, or it could be announced for a future time. The one caveat here, and I see this a lot with municipalities who, no one really raises that as an issue, but it could be where we, it's just kind of assumed there's going to be an executive session. And it's almost to the point now where they say, oh, there's no executive session tonight, that's a great thing. The law really says if you're going to be doing that, and that's what our note says there, if it's not announced at the end of the meeting to say, we're gonna have an executive session prior to our next meeting, Really, it should be that 24-hour advance notice you're giving to all the members to let them know at the next meeting we will have an executive session to discuss the following items, um, the location, the date, the time, and things like that. Lastly, the limits on executive session. No, obviously you can't take any action. Um, you, uh, no meeting is, is required to be closed, so these are just kind of parameters that allow the municipality to do this. It doesn't say you always have to do that, so you could technically discuss the negotiation for a CBA out in the public portion of your meeting. Just keep in mind that is then public, so you can't then fall back and say, oh, how did that get out? Because you have, you've waived any right to keep that, that confidential and private. Um, and like we said, only attorneys and advisors may participate. Um, otherwise, you could be violating the act as well as waiving certain privileges. Public is always allowed to participate in your meetings, okay? So normally you'll have a vote, or you have a motion, a second, and then public discussion possibly, or at some point during the meeting have that. Um, keep that in mind, the Sunshine Act does preserve that right. They also have the right to record the meeting, as long as they're not being intrusive or anything else along those lines, you know, asking to put the video camera right in front of it so no one can see the person speaking. It has to be allowed, and it has to be permitted. The, uh, the trap for the unwary is always the email, so if you guys are discussing policy agency business over email, even though you're not at a meeting, that A, could be a violation of sunshine and also will be subject to right to know as Sarah's about to get into in a second. So be very careful with what you're doing. We were actually just discussing that at our table using you know, a separate email account rather than your personal email account. Um, likewise, voting. Voting can never be by secret ballot. So even if it's gonna be an awkward or controversial vote, um, you never wanna say, oh, let's all just write it down, we'll put it in the middle and then you'll announce the results. 
everybody has the right to know who voted for what and what the vote was for. Um, and like I said, the notice of the meetings, the law is at least three days prior to your first meeting of the year, it has to be advertised, and then at least 24 hours prior to any special meetings. I'm sure the typical policy is you guys just advertise at the beginning of the year, um, or usually at the end of the year, for the beginning of the year, what your meeting schedules will be. The last item I want to cover, and I promise you, I said that a few times, this will be the last one. I always get the question, so what happens if I violate this? So I'm in executive session, right? And I'm talking about items that aren't deemed fit for executive session. It doesn't fall within one of those exceptions. What's the worst that could happen? Anyone in the public can file a complaint, okay? So you could, that could be at the meeting, if the, the, uh, the agency goes into executive session and doesn't announce what they're going in for when they come out, there's no announcement of what it was for, that, that any member of that public at the meeting can, let, can raise that objection. They can also raise an objection within 30 days to the Court of Common Pleas to say, hey, I believe some unlawful conduct occurred because they did not comply with what the Sunshine Law Act requires. Um, the person who was alleging the violation has the burden of proof, so it's not just some phishing scheme that says, I think you screwed up, prove to me you didn't do it. I have to actually demonstrate why I think there was a violation. And if it's a willful violation, the first offense, it could be $100 to $1,000 fine plus criminal charges. The second willful offense, $500 to $2,000, and that is paid personally. So if the agency wants to step in and be the nice person and say, oh, we didn't do enough training, we'll cover it for you, I'm sorry, too bad, so sad, you can't do that, that person has to pay. And lastly, if it's a willful violation, okay, willful or wanton violation of Sunshine Act, or it was on the other side, just a frivolous uh, lawsuit that was filed in order to get to try to root out a problem, the court can award attorney's fees. So the main thing at the end of the day, all of your stuff should be in the open. You can have meetings about certain items that are restricted based on the topic, but always confer with your solicitor before you're going down that path. We're gonna reserve, I think, at the end the time for questions, so I'm going to, thank you, Sarah, wonderful. Sorry about that.